people have been asking, and it is finally here. My next live event, Work On Your Game Live, is taking place. Write these dates down. February 3rd and 4th, that's a Friday and a Saturday, here in beautiful, sunny, warm Miami, Florida, February 2023, February 3rd and 4th. At this event, we're going to help you achieve three specific things. You can write these things down too. Number one, help you raise your level of performance, because as I always say, this is a performance-based business that we are in. Number two, increase the consistency of your performance. This means you don't only perform at a high level, but you can do it over and over and over again. And number three, you're going to make more money in your business. If you are into making more money and generating more revenue in your business, we're going to do all of that. Those three things, performance, consistency, revenue, at Work On Your Game Live. Now, how we're going to do that are four specific things, the mindset that you need to show up every day and do the work, the strategy so that you have a game plan of action, the system so that you can execute the strategy consistently without fail, with very little variation from moment to moment, and the execution to go and get it done over and over and over again. Those are just details. But just keep these three things in mind that I told you at the top. Performance, consistency, income. If you are interested in any one of those three things or two of them or all three, go to workonyourgame.live. Again, workonyourgame.live. Get your ticket to the event. I am hosting. I will be teaching the entire two days. We'll give you food and snacks and coffee and donuts and all that. We have VIP dinners both nights that are optional if you would like to join. And I mean, it's Miami. Who doesn't want to be in Miami in the middle of February when it's the coldest part of the year everywhere else in the United States? Get your ticket by going to workonyourgame.live. Then text me. Let me know that you're coming. And we're going to know who everybody is, who needs to meet who. I'm going to make sure everybody gets exactly what you need out of that. You will not leave that room unless you have a full game plan moving forward of action to take your business where it needs to go. Workonyourgame.live. Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out. And leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894. 305-384-6894. Straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. You are too emotionally triggered to speak logically. And again, I prefer logical arguments over emotional ones. Stayallday.com. Stay exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOnDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and offensively, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. What is that? That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself. 
We're going to make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day. And welcome to the show. And today, this is a topic that I didn't even think I was going to do a whole episode on because I've already written about it. I've already done live streams about it. I already did Instagram posts about it. But I think we do need to go into it because I got some questions that I want to pose to the audience about the entire Kyrie Irving situation. Now, before we even get into that, let me tell everybody, I have a daily motivation text message that I send out free of charge to everyone who is in my text community. You'll have to receive that message. Text me at my number, which is 305-384-6894. Every day when I send that text out, you shall receive that message. Secondly, if you have not yet gotten your ticket to my next event called Work On Your Game Live, it is taking place February 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida. You can get your ticket by going to workonyourgame.live at that event. What we're going to be covering is the mindsets that you need in place for you to be at your best, then leading to you doing what you need to do and having what you want to have. But what are you going to do? Well, we need a strategy. You need a plan of action. We're going to cover a strategy and plan of action. Everybody's going to leave the room with a clear one by the time that event is over. Third, the systems that you're going to need to make sure the strategy actually gets implemented and executed on. And fourth, the execution, the outcomes, the accountability, the making sure things get done on a consistent basis. All that's going to be covered at Work On Your Game Live is a two-day event, Miami, February 3rd and 4th. There is no live streaming. Several people have asked me, are you going to live stream it? Listen, folks, don't shortcut investing in yourself. All right, don't try to live stream an event. Going to an event in person and live streaming it are two completely different experiences. I've live streamed events before, and the only reason I live streamed an event is simply because they didn't have a physical version of the event. But if there's a physical version, I would never buy a live stream of an event. It's a completely different experience. So be be in the damn room. All right. So all of you thinking about coming to work on your game, be in the damn room. All right. Don't live stream it. You cannot experience an event from Zoom. All right. You take somebody's hand over Zoom. You need to be in the room. All right. Just so I'm clear. And third, any of you who is interested in coaching, I get asked often, Dre, do you offer any forms of coaching? Yes, I do. I have one coaching program, just one, not three, not four, one coaching program. If you'd like to get in it, you got to get on a call with me first. Go to workonyourgame.net slash apply. You get on a call with me. Let's talk about where you're at, where you want to go. I'll see if I can possibly help. And if you're a good fit for the program. If so, I will tell you what the program is, how it works, how you can get into it, and then we can go from there. So with all of the housekeeping out of the way, let's get into the topic. So let me start off by framing this conversation because I just talked to you about framing the last couple of days. First of all, the documentary that Kyrie Irving posted, let me give some background framework here just so everybody knows what we're talking about. Kyrie Irving is a basketball player for the NBA's new, not New Jersey, but Brooklyn Nets. And Kyrie posted a link to a documentary that's titled Hebrews, Negroes, Wake Up Black America. That's the name of the documentary that Kyrie Irving posted a link to. Now, apparently, according to some people, I have not seen this documentary. I'll get into that in a second. Some things in that documentary are allegedly speaking negatively about white Jewish people in the United States and just white Jewish people, period. So people called that anti-Semitic. And then they basically took Kyrie Irving to task for posting a link to a documentary that says some things that some Jewish people have a problem with. And that's where an entire no shit storm began. Now, I wrote a whole article about this. If you have not read that article, you can go to my Substack, which is workwhenyourgame.substack.com. Read the article for yourself. If you are a fan of my Facebook page, which is Facebook slash work on your game. You can read it there as well. I posted about it on Instagram as well in shorter form because Instagram has a character limit. And where else? I also sent this out via email. Any of you is on my email list in early November 2020 when I actually wrote the article. That's where this whole thing started. So the whole thing was about is Kyrie anti-Semitic because he posted a link to a document that says some anti-Semitic things. So first of all, let's get some things clear. I have not seen this documentary. So my point here today, the questions I'm going to be asking, the points that I'm going to make have nothing to do 
with specific contents of the documentary. And the thing is, I don't need to watch the documentary to make these points that I'm going to make, because what we're going to be talking about here today is not about the contents of the documentary. 90% of the conversation here today is about critical thinking and another 10% is about free speech, because those are the two things that we're actually addressing here. That's what this whole situation is really about. Critical thinking and free speech. It's not really about anti-Semitism. It's not really about Jewish people. It's not really about black people either. Those are just the surface level things that people like to get excited about, but it's not really about that at all. And the reason why it's 90% about critical thinking, because I understand critical thinking even a lot better than I understand no free speech in the Constitution, even though the First Amendment of the Constitution is literally one sentence. Any of you can look it up on the internet and read it. Many of you have never read the Constitution, yet people talk about it all the time. But anyway, I would advise that if you have not seen this documentary, and many people who have made comments about the documentary have not actually seen it. If you have not seen the documentary, my advice to you is that don't make claims about why anything in the documentary is wrong, because that doesn't make any sense. Critical thinkers don't make claims, especially emotional claims, based on what somebody told you. You make claims based on what you know to be true and based on your own personal observations. So if you don't know something to be true, meaning you have not seen it, experienced it, read it, watched it, etc., and you don't have the experience or the information from your own personal engagement, then you shouldn't be making assumptions about what something is and why it's wrong or why it's not. So assuming that most of you who are listeners to this show are critical thinkers, we're not going to argue about the content of the documentary since most of the people have not even seen it. And I haven't seen it. So I can't argue with you about it because I haven't seen it myself. And it doesn't matter. Again, the points I'm going to make here today are not relevant to me needing to watch the documentary. I don't need to watch the documentary because, again, critical thinking points are on a different level. So and a critical thinker like you would never make the mistake of going off of what somebody told you without actually getting direct information that you have access to, right? You wouldn't make that mistake, would you? All you critical thinkers who listen to this show? I wouldn't think so. If you don't know what critical thinking means, listen to episodes 1826 and 1827. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get into the points. Because I got five points here I want to share. Point number one, and some of these points are going to be in the form of questions. Actually, many of them will be. Today's topic, once again, we're talking about the Kyrie Irving situation. Number one, let me give an informative statement, a declarative statement for anyone who is new around here or anyone who is old around here, but maybe you didn't know this or you forgot about it. I am a person who is seriously impartial to logical arguments over emotional ones. I prefer logical arguments. If you like to persuade me, give me the logic. All right, don't give me the emotion. I will hear the emotion. I will understand the emotion, but you probably will not persuade me with emotion. You can persuade me with logic, though, just in case. Any of you ever plans to persuading me of doing anything? Give me a logical reason to do it. I got multiple replies to my article about Kyrie Irving when I put it out of many of the replies were, well, I got some replies of people who were saying, hey, I'm glad you said that. This is exactly what I've been thinking. I'm glad you put this out there. I'm glad you spoke it. So I got many positive replies. Thank you for the people who did that. But I also got some negative replies. And then all the negative replies all were emotionally leaning, where people said something like, hey, I have family who died in the Holocaust when my article never even mentioned the Holocaust. Now, I get that the documentary mentioned the Holocaust. I did not mention the Holocaust. And we're going to get to why that matters in a moment. Because some of you are saying, well, so what? You were defending with Kyrie. Kyrie posted the documentary. So no, we're going to get to that in a second. So a few of the replies that I got that were negative were saying, well, no, people died in the Holocaust, or I got family members from you no know, generations back who died in the Holocaust, or you need to go look up and read about the Holocaust, or you need to go visit the places where people died in the Holocaust, Dre, you don't know things, or you're ignorant, et cetera, et cetera. This is what some of the people were saying when they were pushing back against me. These are emotional arguments that had nothing to do with what I actually said in my articles. In my article, I said the same things I'm going to be saying here in today's episode, which is nothing about the actual contents of 
of the documentary. And again, I'm going to explain why that even matters. So any of you who is listening to this right now, who heard what I said or heard, saw what I read, or read what I wrote, rather, and you push back by talking about some people you know or know of or what you read of about the Holocaust and people died there when I never even mentioned it at all in my article. And I'm not even talking about it here today. But what the fuck are you talking about? All right. This is an emotional argument that fails to address what I had even said. That was a nice length article. Let me see how many words did I, how much ink did I spill writing that article? I'm looking it up right now just so I can see how many words that article was. That was a 2,500 word article. 2,500 words. I did not mention the Holocaust at all. People are talking about that. Listen, if this is the way that you think, any of you who's listening to this right now, and you want to try to move the goalposts and you know, shift the ground underneath our feet to something other than what I'm actually talking about, don't bother replying to me. Now, you can listen, you can read, you can watch, follow, et cetera, et cetera. But don't bother replying to me because I'm not going to reply back to you. And that doesn't even make any sense what you're doing. All right. Because you are too emotionally triggered to speak logically. And again, I prefer logical arguments over emotional ones. The documentary titled Hebrews to Negroes, that's the name of the documentary, is three and a half hours in length. Why is that significant? Because what a lot of people did with this documentary and many of the arguments that I saw, even on social media, the ones that I wasn't directly engaging, but I just saw what people were saying, is people would took one point that they saw in the documentary. Many of them were going to the same point of whatever that documentary said about the Holocaust, right? And they were resting their entire argument just on that one point about whatever the gentleman who made it, his name is, what's his name? I believe his name is Ronald Dalton. I actually sent this guy a DM. Yes, Ronald Dalton Jr. is his name because I actually DM'd this gentleman because I was trying to get him to come on this very show. and He did not respond to my DM. So I'm guessing by this point it's not going to happen because if he wanted to, he would have responded by now. But Ronald Dalton Jr. is the guy who made the documentary. And in three and a half hours, he makes several claims, according to people that I've heard talk about it. And even if I didn't hear them talk about it, let's just think about it. But documentary is three and a half hours. They're probably saying a lot of things. Documentary ain't all about one thing. All right. So in a three and a half hour documentary, a person could probably make a hundred different claims. Right. But people are resting on this one thing that they heard in the documentary that they didn't like. And they're basing their whole argument just on that one point and ignoring everything else that is said in the documentary. That is what made me curious. That's what made the critical thinking alarm go off in my head. All right. Why is everybody talking about this one point when the documentary is about a whole bunch of other things? Even if you just read the description of the documentary, you know that it's about a whole bunch of other things because the title of the documentary immediately tells you who exactly he's talking to. This documentary doesn't say whatever about the Holocaust. This documentary says, here it is. I'm going to read the description. The movie Hebrews and Negroes Wake Up Black America uncovers the true identity of the children of Israel by proving the true ethnicity of Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, and the sons of Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Find out if I'm pronouncing that right. Excuse me if I'm not. Find out what Islam Judaism and Christianity has covered up for centuries in regards to the true biblical identity of the so-called quote-unquote Negro in this movie packed with tons of research. That is what the documentary sells itself as. Without watching it, I know this documentary ain't about the damn Holocaust. Now, even if he mentions it, I would bet a reasonable person would look at that description and see the length of the movie, three hours and 28 minutes, documentary that is, and know that it ain't all about just that one point. But a lot of people took this one point out and tried to make their whole argument based off of this. This is a logical fallacy. When people take just one point out of a whole big picture of stuff and they try to base everything just on that one point, it's persuasive because a lot of people are not critical thinkers. So it works on them, especially when it's an emotional point, but it doesn't work on me because I'm a critical thinker. And again, I prefer logical arguments over emotional ones.
So if there are 100 claims in the documentary, let's just assume, let's just play around. Let's not even assume, but let's just say hypothetically that this documentarian made 100 different claims in the documentary. And it sounds like he's making some claims just from that description, right? What if I agree with 50 of them and the other 50, I'm either undecided or I disagree? Is that okay? This is an open question I'm asking to the audience. What if I agree with half of them and the other half, I either am undecided or I disagree? Is it okay for me to say, you know what? I watched this documentary. I'm going to post a link to it. And I agree with half and disagree with the other half. Or because I'm posting it, must I accept everything that's in it? Do I have to tie my name to everything that's in that documentary because I posted a link to it? Or can I say, hey, I agree with some percentage of it, but not all of it? Because if this is the case that someone agreeing with or posting or accepting or supporting something means you must support everything that goes with it, that's a completely fine if those are the rules that we're playing by, folks. But if those are the rules we're playing by, then this formula shall be applied to you as well. And anything slash anyone who you like, follow, support, or post. So you see how slippery that scope can get real quick, don't you? And see, this changes people's tone. So anything that you support, any person who you like, anything that you follow, anything that you post, that means anything that that person or thing has ever touched, we're attaching it to you because you supported it. If that's what we're doing, I'm completely okay with it. I'll give you an example of this that I saw someone do this. And media people are really good at doing this because this is their profession to try to gaslight these type of situations for whatever reason. This gentleman by the name of Andrew Tate, who was recently banned from many social media platforms on some what appears to be some bullshit pretext. And he was being interviewed by Piers Morgan. Now, Piers Morgan is based, I believe he's based in London. And you don't need to know that much about Piers or Andrew Tate just to know what happened, because this is the part that I want to I want you to all understand. So Piers asked Andrew Tate a question. He said, Andrew, you've been on Alex Jones's podcast a couple of times, which was true. Alex Jones, by the way, is a guy who's had a company, started a company called InfoWars. I'm guessing it still exists. But Alex Jones made some claims about the Sandy Hook mass school shooting that happened years back. He made some claims that he was saying that it was a hoax. He got sued for saying that it was a hoax. He lost the lawsuit. And the last that I heard, he was ordered in losing the lawsuit to pay like a def- in a defamation claim against him, judgment against him, nearly a billion dollars out to the families based on the claims that he had made. I don't know where the situation is right now, but let's just, that's all you need to know about Alex Jones. So Alex Jones, basically at this point, people are you know, saying, no, anything Alex Jones is negative because he said these bad things that, that he got taken to court and he lost his court case and he has to pay this money for making this claim about the Sandy Hook shooting. So here's what Piers Morgan says to Andrew Tate. He says, Andrew Tate, you've been on Alex Jones's podcast multiple times, which was true. He said, so Andrew, do you support Alex Jones? That was the question that Piers Morgan asked. Now, this is a false question, and he's trying to perpetuate a logical fallacy, which is, and I'll explain it to you, that it's like if I had been on Alex Jones' show three years ago, and then he got sued today, and then somebody says, well, Dre, do you support Alex Jones? And I say, well, what do you mean, do I support him? And this is what Andrew Tate said. He said to Piers, what do you mean, do I support him? And Piers Morgan said, well, you've been on his podcast two or three times or however many times he's been on the show. And Andrew Tate went on to kind of defend himself and try to talk around what Piers Morgan was trying to insinuate. But here's what Piers was trying to do. He was trying to connect Andrew Tate to Alex Jones because Alex Jones at that time that the interview took place was his name was in the mud at that point because he had just lost his lawsuit. So it was like, oh, you support him. That means you're supporting a guy who said these negative things about the kid. Here's Morgan was trying to gaslight the whole situation. And again, he knew exactly what he was doing. All right, this was not by accident. He was doing it on purpose. Now, a lot of people do this kind of stuff by accident, but Piers Morgan knew exactly what the hell he was doing. And a lot of people try to do this. All right, so if you support a documentary, that means you're supporting every single thing about the documentary. And Andrew Tate said, well, look, what if it comes out later on, years later, 
that you were a child rapist. And then somebody says, well, hey, Andrew Tate, you were on Piers Morgan's show. Do you support Piers? You know, people could use that against you. And this is the kind of bullshit that a lot of media folks like to do. But the thing is, is not limited to media all right? because a lot of you are doing the same thing. And many times you're doing it on purpose and you know what you're doing. And some of you are doing it. And you don't even know what you're doing. You don't even realize that you're doing it. But that slope gets real slippery. If we say anything that you support or anybody you like or anybody you're a fan of, we're going to attach anything about them, positive or negative to you because you're a fan. So be careful when you do that to other people because somebody else will do it to you. Point number two. Today's topic, once again, is I got some questions about the Kyrie Irving situation. Number two, is there anyone out there who can formulate an argument these days without repeating the popular talking points? This is just an open question, whether we're talking about Kyrie Irving or anything else. Can anybody out there formulate an argument without repeating the talking points you heard on TV or on the internet? Most of the arguments that I've heard against Kyrie Irving in this situation are around several of the same talking points. There are consequences that come with free speech. That's one of the talking points that everybody's repeating. Kyrie Irving is not as smart as he thinks he is. That's another one people keep saying. Well, when you post a documentary, you're fueling anti-Semitism and possible physical violence against Jewish people. That's another one. That's a bullshit point. But this is another thing that people are saying. Another one is private companies like the Brooklyn Nets or the NBA can do whatever they want if they disagree with one of their employees' comments. Now, that is factually true, but it's also a talking point because people are, again, they're just repeating the same things over and over again. My question is not whether or not these things are true. My question is, can somebody formulate an argument without repeating the same things you heard from everybody else? That's my question, because that's what I look for in a critical thinker. All right, all right you have this position on this topic. OK, fine. I might agree with your position. I might disagree with your position, but I want to know why you have your position. And I'm listening for are you saying anything that I couldn't go find on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook in the next two minutes? That's really what I'm looking for whenever I'm talking to anybody. I don't care what your position is. You could disagree with me. You could agree with me. I want to know why you have your position. And if you can't put your position into your own words with your own argument, not based on something that you heard everybody else say, then I know what level of critical thinking you're at. I already internally have decided that about you while you're still talking. Can you formulate your own argument in your own words? That's the question that I'm asking here. And again, the Kyrie Irving situation just put a spotlight on this in my mind, because this is just something that I noticed. I'm, I'm looking around at the talking heads on TV. I'm looking at what people are saying on the Internet, I'm looking at the replies I'm getting on in my email. I'm looking at the comments people are leaving on my social media posts. And I'm like, all right, everybody who is detracting from him is saying the exact same things. All right? People are just repeating the same talking points. And some of them are logically correct and some of them are not. Some of them are just bullshit. And I'm like, all right, you're not even thinking. You're just repeating what you heard everybody else say. Putting the talking points aside, the question is, is anyone who disagrees with Kyrie posting that documentary? You think he was wrong to post the documentary. You think he's not that smart. You think he's feeling anti-Semitism. Okay, that's how you feel. You have a right to feel that way. My question is, do you have an argument that is in your own words and not something that you source from the internet? That's the question that I want to just let you sit with as because that's all point number two. I want to move on to point number three. Today's topic, once again, is I got some questions about the Kyrie Irving situation. Point number three. Here's an example. And I heard many people say this. Almost everybody said this who was on the anti-Kyrie side in this situation. From people on TV who get paid to talk about stuff to regular you no know, street corner intelligence individuals who I talked to about the situation or who I saw in comments about the situation. They all use one of the following phrase. Free speech does not mean free from consequences. Any of you hear that? Have any of you had it said to you? Have any of you used it? All right, it's fine if you have. No problem. No judgment. Here's why I'm bringing that up, because a lot of people like to say this when someone who you disagree with 
faces a consequence for saying something that you didn't like hearing, that you don't think they should have said it. So when they face a consequence, you like pulling this out. Hey, free speech doesn't mean free from consequences. Yeah, you got free speech, but that means you also get consequences. Okay, that's the way you see it. And no, again, in a logical way, that is right. Yes, I have free speech. I can say whatever I want to anybody. So if I say something crazy to somebody in the street, they decide they want to start a physical altercation with me, or they decide they want to go tell my employer if I have one, and they get me fired for that, then there can be a consequence, even though I used my right to free speech. That is 100% correct. My question is, what if somebody you like says something and they get punished? Would you still say, hey, free speech doesn't mean free from consequences? See, the thing is, people like to use these cliches when it is leaning in the direction towards something that you are okay with, something that you're happy with, or something that you support. Do you use that same cliche when it goes towards something that you disagree with? Or something that you have a challenge with. Because this documentary, let's go deeper into this. The documentary that Kyrie posted a link to, Hebrews to Negroes. Here's what this documentary does. And it actually says it right here in the description. That you want to find out what Islam, Judaism, and Christianity have covered up for centuries in regards to the true biblical identity of the so-called Negro in this movie packed with tons of research. So in other words, this gentleman, Ronald Dalton, is questioning history. He's saying, this is what you've been taught about history. This is what you've been told is what's going on. I'm here to question what's going on. I'm going to tell you what's really going on, according to his perspective. He's questioning history. That's what he's doing. Everybody understand that? Everybody agree with that? Anybody questioning whether or not he's questioning history? That's what he's doing. He's questioning history. So my question is, let's look at something like the 1619 Project. Anybody know what the 1619 Project is? Has any of you heard of the 1619 Project? Let me see if I can find a concise description of the 1619 Project. So I'm going to read one from Wikipedia, which I think will be close enough to accurate. 1619 Project is a long-form journalism endeavor developed by Nicole Hannah-Jones, writers from the New York Times and the New York Times magazines, which, quote, aims to reframe the country's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of Black Americans at the very center of the United States' national narrative, close Quote. So the 1619 Project claims their claim of the 1619 Project is that we should not claim that America started in 1776 when America won its freedom from England. No, we should claim that America started in 1619 because this is, I believe, what they're claiming is this is when the first slaves were brought to the United States, at least the first African-American slaves were brought to the United States. I believe that's the claim that they're making here. And that's what the 1619 Project is about. And even if that's a rough description of what it's about. The whole point is, actually, let me go to the website called 1619education.org. So let's see what this one says. And I'm going to tell you why I'm bringing all this up here. The project illuminates the legacy of slavery in the contemporary United States and highlights the contributions of Black Americans to every aspect of American society. In the years since this launch, the project and the conversation that sparks have expanded through new resources, including a podcast, an anthology, and a children's book. The 1619 Project, ladies and gentlemen, is questioning when America started and is saying instead of 1776, it should be 1619. And instead of focusing on the no, so many of the white Americans who did things, we should focus on it should make the central theme of America be what black people contributed. That is what it says. I just read it to you. It says it on their website, says it in their books, says it in their documentaries, and they're saying it in their podcast. In other words, the 1619 Project is questioning the history of America. Are they not? That's what they're doing. They're questioning the history of America and how it should be told. How is that any different than what Hebrews and Negroes is doing? I'll take a sip of water while you think on that one. 1619 Project says America should not have this story. It should have this story. 
Hebrews to Negro says the black person should not have this story. They should have this story. All they are doing is questioning history, which is literally his story. Why is one okay, but the other is not? I mean, they're both led by black people, so it's not about that. Why is one celebrated aloud and you no know, people, even if they disagree with it, they allow them to say it. But the other one, all of a sudden we get there's this huge backlash and Kyrie Irving has to prove his lack of anti-Semitism when all he did was post the link to a documentary is questioning history. 1619 Project got all kinds of backers and funding and support from people who are questioning history. I'm a person who is all for intellectually stimulating conversation, especially one in which me and the person who I'm talking to do not agree on a specific point. The biggest challenge with this is that it's hard to have these kind of intellectually stimulating conversations when I'm talking to a person who is simply repeating things that they got from other people. They don't have any arguments of their own. They can't formulate their own argument. So I love these conversations. The problem is they're few and far between. They're hard to find because it's hard to find a critical thinking person, number one, who also can formulate their own argument, number two, and who also doesn't get emotionally triggered when they hear something that they don't like, number three. Now, I know there's a good number of you who are in this audience right now, but there aren't too many of these people just walking around randomly in the world. I like when someone can formulate their own arguments and put their points into their own words, but increasingly, there are fewer and fewer people able to actually do this. So I'm just giving you an example there with this whole, the challenging of history. All right, people have challenged history and they've been allowed to challenge history. People have actually offered them financial support to challenge history. So why, when this guy's challenging history, all of a sudden there's a problem? Point number four, the topic again today is, I got some questions about the Kyrie Irving situation. Point number four, the crux of all of this as the main point around Kyrie's situation is that he needs to prove, as of this recording, he is still suspended, but he'll probably be playing by the time you hear this. Kyrie needs to prove that he is not anti-Semitic and that he is not hateful towards Jewish people. Here's my question. Is there anybody out there, Jewish or not, that can explain in your own words why the claims made in the Hebrews to Negroes documentary are wrong and why your view of history is right? It's another critical thinking question. Why is he wrong and you're right? Why is what you were taught in school or wherever you were taught it, history. Why is your version of history and what you have come to believe accurate and what he's saying in his documentary inaccurate? Can somebody tell me why that is? And how are you so sure? I mean, because history is literally a story. So why are we so sure that your story or someone else's story is more accurate than his story or someone else's story? Again, this is a critical thinking question. This has nothing to do with the specific whatever part of history we're talking about. It doesn't matter. We can talk about Jewish people, we could be talking about the founding of America. You want to talk about that? You want to talk about any other uh, religion, any other faith, any other thing that took place that nobody who was alive today was around to see? Why is one version of the story right and another version of the story so wrong that a person gets suspended, canceled, attacked for having a different idea of what took place since none of us was actually there? I believe this to be a very logical question. If somebody has a good answer for it, I would love to hear it. History is literally a story everybody. Why is one story more right than another story? I just want to know. I don't care what story we're talking about. How are we so sure about this? This has nothing to do with what the man actually said. Again, it's a critical thinking question because if you can't answer this question, but you also believe that Kyrie Irving is wrong, well, how is this not thought policing? That's the actual definition of thought policing, which is telling people what they're allowed to think and what they're allowed to believe with no actual logical backing for why, and then attacking them if they think or believe the wrong thing. Because it was literally said by the Brooklyn Nets that Kyrie Irving is going to be suspended until he proves that he does not have any anti-Semitic beliefs. They literally are saying that they are policing his thoughts. He has to prove that he does not think a certain way and then he can come back to work. Are you kidding me? 
It's 2022 in the United States of America. And a bunch of people, including some of you, sat back and watched this take place. I don't give a damn what the topic is. That is not okay. How is it not thought policing? You're telling somebody what they're allowed to think and what they're allowed to believe and how they have to prove that they're not thinking a certain thing in order to have their freedom to come to work backing it. And oh, yeah, all your favorite woke, outspoken, use my platform more than an athlete NBA players. Silent as fuck when this happened to one of their guys. And they all start to find their balls about a week later when social media said, hey, they're doing too much to Kyrie. They all realize, hey, the wind is blowing a different direction. Let us say something to defend the guy after a week. These are you guys' heroes. These are y'all idols, not mine. Moving on to point number five. Today's topic, once again, I got some questions about the Kyrie Irving situation. Number five, another common claim that many people have said, and some people who I know personally whose intelligence I respect made this claim. Here's one that you heard a lot about Kyrie. Quote, Kyrie thinks he's smarter than he is. Close quote. A lot of people said that. This guy just thinks he's so smart. He thinks he's so intelligent. He thinks he's enlightened. We'll just leave it at those. Smart, intelligent, enlightened. He thinks he's that smart. He's not that smart. He's ignorant. He's stupid. He's dumb. Uh, He needs to shut up and dribble. Okay, here's my question. For anybody who believes that, anybody who's thinking that, here's my question to you. All right, listen up. Why are you so sure that he's the idiot who's not that smart and you're the smart one who's not that dumb? I'll take another sip of water while you think about that. Should I ask the question again? Why are you so sure that he's the idiot who's not as smart as he thinks he is And you're the smart one who's not that dumb. Why can't it be that you're not that smart and he's smart? I mean, how are you so sure that your information is more accurate than his? Being that, again, none of us was around to have witnessed this history that we're debating. Why are you right and he's wrong? Why are you so confident in your intelligence and his ignorance? Again, can you explain this in your own words? Now, see, a lot of people started to answer my question there, even if you were just thinking about it with your go-to talking points, but can you explain it without using talking points? Can you explain it without using something that you heard somebody else say? You explain it in your own language. And the interesting thing you'll find, and if you could just start using that, that's some free game that I'm giving to everybody here. Next time you talk to somebody about a topic that has kind of become a common topic that people are debating and talking about, just use that phrase. Tell me why, fill in the blank with whatever it is you're asking them, and then say, explain it in your own words without using other people's talking points. And what you'll find is most people will freeze because they don't have any. They don't have their own words. They can repeat what everybody else said, but they can't articulate it on their own, which shows you that most people are not critical thinkers. A critical thinker can come up with their own arguments for anything. Non-critical thinkers can repeat what everybody else says. And most people are not critical thinkers, by the way. So don't get frustrated when you find that most people can't do this because most people can't do it. And you'll notice a common theme through this episode is that many people who have spoken up and spoken out against Kyrie in this situation aren't actually offering any kind of independent arguments. Again, they're just all saying the same stuff in a sheep-like manner. Everybody's just repeating the same stuff. I told you in episode number 1612, by the way, how to formulate and present a logical argument. So any of you who doesn't know how to formulate and present a logical argument, and some of you listening to this right now, I'm talking about you, go listen to episode 1612. You don't have to point yourself out. Nobody will know that you went and listened to it, but you should go and listen to it because I appreciate when people can formulate their own points. I get bored when people are just repeating what they heard everybody else say. It appears to me that many people might have skipped over that episode or you just didn't know about it. That's okay. That's why I just told you about it. I don't mind you listening to it. Go listen to it. I've yet to see many logical arguments of people telling me why Kyrie is wrong specifically. Specifically tell me why he is wrong. Tell me why that documentary is wrong. I haven't seen too many arguments about this. Why is he wrong? All I see is people repeating the talking points. Nobody thinking for themselves. Everybody repeating what everybody else said. And listen, I don't have a problem with you disagreeing with Kyrie's posting in a documentary. If you actually disagree with it, you completely disavow the entire documentary. If you saw it and you disavow it, 
I'm fine with that as well. But can you actually tell me why? Can you put it into your own language? Can you articulate it? I'm still waiting for somebody to do this in a logical and rational way. By the time you hear this, it'll have been probably a month since this took place, but I have yet to see. And I have written an article about it. I posted up on Instagram about it, is on Facebook about it. I put it on my Substack. Now I'm doing this episode. I've done a couple of live streams where I've talked about this. I've yet to see anyone give me a logical, rational argument for why he is wrong. Yet I heard a lot of people say that he's wrong. And I've talked to people in person about this and over the phone about this. I've yet to hear a logical, rational argument, not one. But while I wait, let me recap today's class, which is questions about the Kyrie Irving situation. Those of you who don't know about it, I gave you the background on it. Let me just tell you the five points here. Point number one, I like logical arguments over emotional ones. A lot of people replied to the article that I wrote with emotional stances, talking about things that I had not even mentioned in my article or in any of my lives or any of my social media posts. All right, these are people who are, you are too emotionally triggered to have a logical argument. You're not the target reader or listener to the stuff that I share. Now, I don't mind you still being in the audience, but I'm letting you know up front, you're not the target if that's the way you respond. Point number two, can anyone formulate an argument these days without repeating the popular talking points? There are way too many of this, too many of those coming out around every situation that takes place. Number three, one of the examples is free speech it does not mean that you are free from consequences. I'm okay with you believing that. The question is, do you have that same energy when someone who you like actually gets consequences for something that they said? As long as you keep that same energy, I'm good with it. Number four, the crux of all of this is the main point of Kyrie's situation is him proving that he's not anti-Semitic, is that can you explain why the claims made in that documentary are wrong and why your view of history is right? Because these guys, black Israelites, not Kyrie, but the guy who made the documentary, their claim is that the real Jewish people are black people. So why is he wrong and you right? Again, if somebody could just explain to me why, I'm open to hear it. I want to know. But I have yet to hear anybody put the argument together. Number five, another common claim is people say, well, Kyrie thinks he's smarter than he is. Okay, well, why are we so sure that he's not smart? And why are we so sure that you are smart? All right, why is he dumb but thinks he's smart and you're smart and you just know that you're smart? Now, how is that the case? Again, if somebody could explain to me why, that's what I want to know. Not if you believe it or not. My question is, why do you believe it? And can you put it in your own words? And this is a critical thinking point, folks. If we can increase the critical thinking in the world, I think we would get rid of a whole lot of problems, especially a lot of problems that are driven by people who are overly emotional and don't know how to control. They just can't control themselves when they get emotional on a subject. Therefore, we can't have logical discussions, especially on subjects in which, upon which we disagree. And this one about the Kyrie Irving situation, again, has nothing to do with the documentary itself or even what he said or what he believes or thinks, because you can't control what another person believes or thinks. And you can't read another person's mind. But the fact that they fault police him and that all of your favorite woke, outspoken, I'm going to use my platform athletes were quiet as hell when it happened to him is more proof that some of you are following wrong idols. That is one claim that I will make here today. So with all that said, text me, get my daily motivation straight to your phone free of charge every day. My number is 305-384-6894. Second, get your ticket to work on your game live. I'm going to work on your game dot live that events february 3rd and 4th in miami there is no live streaming be in the damn room and number three you want to be coached by me i have one coaching program you can get on the call with me you got to get on the call first by going to workingyourgame.net slash apply put your information in fill out the quick application form we get on the call we'll talk about what we need to talk about and go from there if the opportunity presents itself all that said work on your game dre all day 
I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused, and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number, 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone, free of charge, 305-384-6894.